Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of For Your Game. He is a life member of the PGA of America and a former member of the PGA's National Teaching Committee. He's everywhere on the internet, one of the uh, most prolific swing instructors I know, based right here in Orlando, Jay Golden. Hello, my friend. Hello there, Holly. Holly, uh, I understand that you're giving up the radio and you're going on the LPGA tour. Is that true? Only thanks to you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) That is why you are a life member of the PGA. (laughs) That's how long it'll take. So, um, Jay, you often talk about golf's greatest gift. You've taught... You know, many, many, many uh, students in the game, professionals. You've worked in the past with the king, Arnold Palmer. What do you mean by golf's greatest gift? Well, I think that there are a lot of people talk about a lot of the advantages of golf. They they meet people. They're outside. It's a, a social sport, and it. it it takes up a nice amount of time in their day, you know, especially for retired people. But it's competitive. There are a lot of advantages. Business golf. There are so many advantages to golf. But I say golf's greatest gift is searching for the secret of golf. That's what people go out for. When you go to a driving range and you see six people hitting, 20 people hitting, four people hitting, 40 people hitting... They're not practicing. They're searching. They're prospecting. Oh, I'll try this. I'll try that. Oh, maybe this will work. And what is the secret? The secret is something that feels great, works great, and it's easy to do. You know, there's some. sometimes you try a swing. This is uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. And you hit a good shot. But it's probably not going to work on the course. That feels bad, works great, let's say. Now, another one is feels great, works bad which means I'm going to just swing and, I'm, oh, this feels great, but it doesn't work. The secret of golf is feels great, works great, and it's easy to find. I, I don't know about you, but most people have found it hundreds of times. <laughs> I'm not saying how long it lasts. Exactly. But that is golf. That's golf's greatest gift because it gets people out. It gets them to the driving range. It gets them on the course. Then they'll hit that one perfect shot. Oh, why can't I do that all the time? You know, it's con- either you're searching for the secret of golf or you feel that you have the secret of golf and you pray that you don't lose it. But this is what I say is the secret of golf, and this is all you have to do. Kick it back, crochet, turn the left foot up, bend from the knees, bend from the waist, where your left arm hangs down, sweep the club when you put your right hand on the club, the line from the V of four finger points to your right shoulder, and you're comfortable. Now, as you start the club back, the club goes loaded around shoulders, turn hips, turn top of your back, swing 90% is on your right foot, 10% is on your left. Your shoulders turn between 90 and 110 degrees, your hips between 35 and 45 degrees, and the club is parallel to the ground. Your downswing is initiated with the lower part of your body, knees moving towards the target, hips and your shoulders and Club is the ball, same position it was addressed as you move it. You follow through, shoulders are facing target, hips are facing the target, hands are high. And most important of all, don't think about anything when you're hitting the ball. That is my secret. The 1,001 thoughts that go through our brain, Jay Golden, in the how many seconds we have 
in the golf yeah. swing. But we're searching for the one. We're searching for the one. And, you know, when we do discover it, we just, it's easy to find, like I said. We found it a hundred times. And then we think of it, it's going to work. And then we say, I'm going to try it. And we hit a perfect shot. Then we say, I'm going to stick with this thick and thin, no matter what, and with unconditional love. And you know what unconditional love is? We, we swear, oh, we're going to give this unconditional love. I hit a great shot. Then our next shot is bad. And we say, okay, forget it. That's not going to work. And then we start searching again. And there's a lot of things about this. Then when we find it, what's the first thing we do? We tell someone. Now, it's not a secret anymore because we told someone. That, but if you ever want to birdie the last hole, this truly is a secret. You see, the golf god is very powerful, but not that smart. See, if you say, oh, I have the secret of golf, you're going to play lousy. But if you come to the 18th hole and say, I hate golf. I'm going to throw away my clubs. This is the last hole I'm ever playing in my life. You will birdie the hole, <laughs> and you will be back. So... And when we're again, down we're on our knees begging <laughs> him, please, right, Jay? Oh, my Or gosh. her. <laughs> and everything, everything makes sense. Everything. I was with these four guys, and the first one says, you know, you should swing flat, swing low around you like Ben Hogan, because then the club goes lower to the ground for a longer period of time. You take shallow divots, and you're not going to hit the ball fat. I said, you know, you're right. Then the next one said, no, swing upright, swing up to the sky like Jack Nicholas, because then coming through the ball, your club is facing the target for a longer period of time. Swinging down the line, you're going to hit straighter. I said, you know, you're right. Then the other one said, no, you should swing somewhere in between, like Tiger Woods, because if it's somewhere in between, it's more comfortable, it's easier to repeat, and that's how you should do it. I said, you know, you're right. And then the fourth guy says to me, Jack, one said a flat swing. You said you're right. Next one said an upright swing. You said you're right. Next one said an in-between swing. You said you're right. You contradicted yourself totally. I said to him, you know, you're right. <laughs> Everything makes sense. Now, Jay, what is the number one mistake you see golfers, and you've taught hundreds of golfers, Jay, in regards to finding that secret, what would you say is the number one mistake, whether it's thinking about the golf swing or executing the golf swing, that you can help my listeners with? Well, I would say that a thousand to one, the number one point that I have given that has helped more golfers than anyone, anything else, a thousand it's in a league by itself. Everything else is mine. And that is having a stronger grip, seeing more knuckles on the back of your left hand. If you held a sledgehammer, your, your hand and, and right hand. So if you turned both hands for a righty, would be clockwise. For a lefty, would be counterclockwise. A stronger grip. If you held a baseball bat, a sledgehammer, an axe, a hockey stick. Your hands would be starting in that strong turn position. But for whatever reason, people have their hands too much on top, starting in a weak position. And when you start in a weak position, 
it's a disadvantage. You've got to start strong to hit long, and everyone wants to hit longer. But by a thousand percent, a left-hand grip. You know, Ben Hogan came out with, he was hooking the ball like crazy early in his career. So he decided he's going to put his left thumb straight down the shaft. So for him, whose backswing was as long as John Daly's, believe it or not, early Hogan, for him, because he was so supple, that gave him a little fade, and it worked for him. But then people read his book, and they all put their hands, a lot of people put their left hand straight down in the line from the V4 finger of the right hand at the chin, and they sliced, and they sliced, and they sliced. In fact, one of the famous teachers said, that book is going to make us a millionaire, because everyone's going to start slicing. <laughs> but anyhow, if you look at the PGA Tour players today, LPGA, good amateurs, whoever, their left hand has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger, turned more and more and more. And my favorite swing in golf has the strongest left-hand grip where he could see four knuckles and even a little bit of a pad on his left hand. And his father is a very good golfer, and, and his father could have told him to change, but he didn't. I don't know if you ever heard of Charlie Woods and Tiger Woods. You look at Charlie's grip. It, his left hand, four knuckles plus some of the pad. And you could say, oh, he's a kid, whatever. Tiger didn't change him. And Tiger's grip got stronger. And all of them, their grip got stronger because then there's less rotation of the club. A thousand percent. And the other interesting thing is, is that when people do search for the secret, when they do experiment, they change their... Their uh, the stance, their shoulder turn, the big muscles, uh, drive this, hit that. They almost never experiment with different grips. Oh, this is my grip. It is. Well, happy birthday. Because, I mean, I've got It's the people... fundamental of the game. It all starts with the grip, Jay. Yes, it's all in the grip, but they don't know which grip is right for them. I say turn your hands totally one way. I people that have been slicing for 30 years, I get them to hook the ball in 30 seconds. Stronger grip, use your hands to hit it, but anyhow, that question that you asked, what is number one, and that is to try a stronger grip. See more knuckles on the back of your left hand, maybe too many. Turn your hands too much. If you start hooking too much, then you did a little too much, but you will feel stronger, you will hit longer with a stronger grip. Let me ask you another question because you talk about the hands, Jay, and how important the hands are in the golf swing. Can you share a little bit about that? No. Of course I could. And, you know, in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, Hogan, great hand player, Middlecock, great hand player, Jones, the hands, the hands, the hands. But what happened was that the great players found they were already using their hands. So what they found was that if they thought more about their big muscles, meaning a bigger turn maybe on their back swing with their shoulders and, and a turn into the ball, that it helped them be more consistent. I agree 100%. But they were already using their hands tremendously strong. You look at any slow-motion uh, uh, PGA Tour players, you just watch their hands at the ball, whack, with their hands releasing. But what happens, then magazines who, who believe in the three C's 
of a successful publishing three C's confuse 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 because then the next you have to buy the next month that <laughs> joke Jay. but but basically then people read that so they start using the big muscles and they hit it so short this is an exaggeration but there's truth to it 95 year old guy comes up to me he's hitting the ball he's driving the ball 90 yards I, I said, then what do you think about during your swing? He said, I'm thinking about using my big muscles. I said, I don't want to be rude. You have no big muscles. But your hands and wrists are just about as strong now as they ever would. You use it for keys. You use it to eat. You use it to write. I get them to use their hands. They get 30 yards in 30 seconds. The hands, number one power source. And if you don't believe me, if you hold a club against your body and just turn and turn, the club's going to go 10 miles an hour. If you don't turn your body and don't use your hands, just swing with your arms, the club's going to go 30 miles an hour. You hold it in your hands, hinge and unhinge as hard as you can, it's going to go 50 miles an hour. Like in baseball, it's all in the wrists. If the number one power source in the swing are the hands, and with a strong grip, I call it the hammer release the hammer release where your hands don't turn over. It's sort of like a sledgehammer, sort of like a baseball bat. And once again, you watch close-ups of tour players. When they show them slow, 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 their hands, like Bobby Jones said, hitting at the ball is more of a slap, and then your hands turn over afterwards. So it's more like a slap or a bang, but if you start with a strong grip and try to hit it hard with your hands, with more of a sledgehammer, baseball, axe release at the ball. That is really big. Jay, you mentioned all these golfers trying to find it on the range. We often hear tour pros talk about how they had a quote-unquote bad session on the range. And then they go out and they have one of their best rounds of the week. What can you offer to my listeners when you've had, you know, not that great a session on the range and you're heading out to play maybe your favorite golf course on your bucket list or well, you got a big round and you're member member? Well, if, you know, one, in my opinion, one of the reasons people can have a bad session on the range and then play, on, play well on the course I would say the number one reason, and this is not true 100% of the time, but probably the number one reason is that, for whatever reason, they're hitting badly on the range. Their, their swing is off, their timing is off, their stance is a little different, they're nervous, they're a big round, whatever, whatever the reason. They're not hitting well on the range. Well, then why will they do have some of their best... Ball striking on, 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 on the, the course, course, right? And the answer, and I say the number one reason is, you know, to say beware of the injured golfer, meaning if someone has an injury, be careful because they're going to probably play their best golf. Why are they going to play their best golf? Because they're going to swing easier. Their timing is going to be better. So you have a bad session on the range and your mind is injured. Oh, no, I'm going to play the best round of my life. I better swing easy. And I would say that by swinging easy, it improves their timing. And that's why you could go from a bad range session to a good round on the course. So 
in swinging easy, would that circle us back to also watching and being aware of your grip? Because I think what starts to happen is we put the death grip on the club, and then that tightens up the swing, and then we're in big trouble, Jay. Well, I'm, I'm not big on that because I don't think people really change their grip pressure going from the range to the course. You don't want to hold the club so light that it's going to flop around. You don't want to hold it so tight that it restricts you. But I would say that uh, more often, though, are people that have a great range session and then they play lousy on the course because people are constantly saying, how could I bring my driving range swing to the course? And I have a very, very simple solution to that, and that is get a chain, attach the mat to the cart, and bring a bucket of balls with you. And then on the first hole, every time, just put the mat, hit 30 balls, and you'll hit just as good as you would on the range. It's, uh, you know, from what you said, but it really is more of a rare example when someone do lousy, does lousy on the range and then does well on the course. Much more, a thousand times more often, is someone hitting great on the range and then hitting lousy on the course. But it's so much easier on the range. You're hitting one ball every 15 seconds instead of every 15 minutes. There's no hazards. You get into rhythm. Uh, the, you don't see a swimming pool on the right and a out-of-bound uh, lake on the left. Almost everyone in the history of golf it's better on the range than they do on the course because it's so much easier. Even Ben Hogan said he was hitting one day super great on the range. He goes, I can't wait to see if this works on the course. Because when you get on the course, there's pressure. And what does pressure do? Pressure tightens you up a little bit. And when you're tight, it's a completely different situation. We've all been there. uh, And... uh you know, Jay, perhaps just a few deep breaths is all we need to do. We forget to breathe as well, and that well, doesn't lead to smooth swings. Is there anything else you wanted to ask me before I give my final goodbye? I'm ready for it, Jay. Okay, so... Let her rip. Number one, God's greatest gift is that we keep searching. It keeps our mind active. It gets us to the course. And, you know, I was around many senior citizens for 15 years. I still am. But when I was the head pro at Tarry Break Out Course in the Catskill Mountains in New York, and for the most part, and I don't, I don't know the science of this, but it's possible that there's less Alzheimer's with golfers. Maybe. I'll use this club. I'll think about my swing. How far away am I? Which way does this curve? I think that it keeps your mind active. Not only that, it gets you out there. It keeps you experimenting. It it keeps you, tries to get you logical. I think it's great for your mind. But if there's one secret, one, it is never, never, oh no, always, always, Listen to the words of Bobby Jones, who said, The secret of golf is for the club head to be facing the target while moving towards the target at the moment of impact. Now, I think that was a great impersonation of Bobby Jones. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I love that impersonation, but that's what he said. And he's one of the only golfers that said, This is the secret of golf, and I believe it 100%. The one, the only life member of the PGA of America, Jay Golden, and Jay, 
One of the things that's most important is to keep up with your lessons, Jay. Don't go buy another driver. Take a lesson from a PGA pro. You're one of the best in the area. How do my listeners get a hold of you? Well, I'm, I'm at Winter Pines Golf Course, and you could uh, reach me at jgoldenpga at gmail.com, or you could call Winter Pines Golf Course. But, Holly, thank you very much. I hope that some of the things that I said had some meaning to your listeners. And keep swinging. Keep experimenting with God's greatest gift, searching for the secret of God.